This is Anthony in Areno, and you're listening to In the Arena. This episode of In the Arena is sponsored by Sales Accelerator, the very best and most complete training for B2B sales professionals and B2B sales organizations. So listen, if you want to improve your sales results or the results of your team, I want to share a program with you that I created called Sales Accelerator. It's a training platform for salespeople, for sales managers, and for sales leaders. The training platform includes 450 individual lessons and 33 individual courses with a new course being added every week. And all of the fundamentals are covered there and including advanced concepts like level four value creation and building consensus and leading with insight, as well as prospecting and targeting and diagnosing and negotiating and closing, all very, very interactive and all actionable and practical and tactical because that's what I like to do. But I want to share with you just one of my favorite programs. It's a special program. We call it Coach. There are 100 videos in this program with more added every couple weeks. And in this course, I give you the language for every common prompt, objection, concern, and pushback that clients are going to throw at you while you're selling. So if you ever wanted to know what to say and how to say it, this program is going to give you everything you need to be able to have these kind of client conversations and to execute all the things that you'll find in a book like The Lost Art of Closing. How do you ask them for consensus? How do you ask them to invest more? All of those things are covered. So if you want B2B sales training that allows you to up your game, to become a peer and a trusted advisor, to learn the state of the art of consultative selling now, this is that program. So go visit me at b2bsalestraining.com. And if you want to make more sales even faster, let me help you accelerate the results of your team. Call me at 833-ANARINO. That's 833-426-6274. 833-426-6274. And let's accelerate your sales. My guest in this episode of In the Arena is Jen Gluckow. You're going to find her at Sales in the New York Minute. She's a sales expert with a combination of experience and environment in New York City and education and enthusiasm that gives her something special as someone who talks about and teaches sales. She's also really good at social selling, about attracting and connecting and offering value. And she's also a targeted networking expert, something that I'm not very good at. So I'm going to ask her about that while we're on this podcast. She's also a writer and a speaker and an advisor. And she has a book coming out called Sales in a New York Minute. And it's 212 Tips for You. It's a beautifully put together book from an aesthetic view and also in the way of being super, super practical. So you read any one of the 212 tips and you can immediately put it to use. Without any further ado, this is Jen Gluckow in the arena. Jen Gluckow, how are you? I am great. How are you, Anthony? I always got rid of Gittimer. (laughs) We evicted him from your studio. for a long time, man. Well, that's the first time I've had him on my podcast. So we're recording these on the same day. 
it's a treat to get him on the podcast, but yeah. it's a bigger treat to get you on the podcast video and I can see you and I was looking at get him or before, <laughs> but now I'm looking at you and it's just a much, much new. Everything has improved now. Well, I am honored to be here. Thanks. <laughs> uh, let's talk you for people who don't know you. Where did you come from and how do you know about sales? <laughs> so I came from Jersey. And or uh, the New York City area, I grew up in a family business and I always sold things like literally my entire life, five years old, six years old, making bracelets, selling them outside the supermarket, loved the concept of selling. And that's what my parents did. They had a printing business, book manufacturing business, and I would beg them to let me go to work with them. And I would watch my mom on the phone all day making calls, selling. And I just thought you grow up and you sell. That's what you do. I didn't really think about other jobs. I just thought about owning a business and selling. And so throughout my career, I've sold a bunch of different things. I've sold cut cone knives. I've sold retail. I was in educational sales for six and a half years. And I worked my way up from being a salesperson to a sales manager to running most of the sales team and creating trainings. And that's where I realized my love in selling is not just in the sale itself, but actually helping other people learn how to sell and sell more effectively. And so about four years ago, I started a business teaching people how to sell. What did you learn like Cutco Knives? What did you learn? When I went in to get the job, I was in New York City and they actually rejected me. That was my first lesson in itself, the rejection, because I thought, why are you rejecting me? I know how to sell. And when I had a conversation with the sales manager, he said, I can't hire you. You're too young. And I said, well, I guess I'm too young for you. And I went to the district in New Jersey, applied there and got the job and went about it a different way and explained how I would overcome the whole age thing and not to worry and blah, blah, blah. And that was my first lesson in itself is that you can't just take your first no, right? I knew I would be successful at selling these knives and I wanted the opportunity to be able to do so. And so I made it happen no matter what. And the thing I learned most was being prepared. Referrals are key because at the end, they actually, this is not how I teach referrals, but they teach you to ask for a referral. And what I learned from about asking for referrals, which felt very comfortable at first when I was selling to people I knew and who trusted me and who I had grown up with, that that was how I was going to get more business. But really it was word of mouth and getting the connections connection. Like they were... I wasn't just getting a referral. They were actually making calls and introducing me to someone else and saying, hey, you got to meet with Jen. And so that was pretty cool. How old were you? 15, I think. 15. That's why they didn't want you. <laughs> yeah. I think they like college students, don't they? But I didn't care. I was in high school and I wanted to sell. And you did. I did. I was one of their top salespeople. <clears throat> and part of it was the presentation, right? People wanted an engaging presentation. People who had knives and didn't need any knives were buying just because they liked me and they liked my presentation and they trusted me when I was telling them that my knife was better than their knife. I don't cook really. <laughs> <laughs> In theory, they're good knives. Right. right. This was just cook. based on my belief that they were the best yeah. knives. What makes New York City one of my absolute favorite cities on earth? so different when it comes to sales? People are busy and they're direct and they're not really thinking about you. 
in a lot of other cities, people are welcoming you in. They want to, you know, you have an hour meeting and you spend the first 20 minutes just schmoozing and sitting down and connecting and building a relationship. And in New York City, it's like you have an hour meeting. That's the longest time on the planet, but you better get straight to the point. No, people don't want all of that. Well, actually, let me take that back. They want the relationship building, but they don't think they have time for it because they think they're busier than everyone else on the planet. And so you really have to try harder and find more creative ways to make that connection in New York because there's just so much going on at all times. I tell people that I was really like five countries. In the Northeast Corridor, you means good morning. That's the speed at which things go. So you have to get right to business out about it. I think that people like the rapport building after they've done the business, then they feel more comfortable doing it. If you go into Mississippi or Alabama, you better say, like, Jen, how's your mama? You exactly. Okay? You know, you, exactly. you got to go so through different. a whole different kind of ritual there that there's no ritual in New York except for what do you want? Right. You know, why, why are you here? Why are we yeah. meeting? Like, get to the point, and it's a whole different world. And so, my theory is if you can make the sale there, you can make the sale anywhere. The rapport building as a salesperson is something that you need to be able to do. So, if you can get to the point and get over that hump and then build the rapport, you win. Okay, so your book is a beautiful book. I don't have the printed copy yet. I only have the PDF. Neither do I. But, but, but what's interesting is the design of the book is beautiful. Wait to see it when it is on paper. There's a lot of art, and there's a lot, I mean, there's not a lot of repetition in the art. So there's every page has, or every at least couple has something on it that captures your attention. A lot of images, and it's a really cool book. Tell me, why you wrote this book. I wanted to get my word out to as many salespeople as possible. And I feel that, you know, I'm the co-host of Seller Die with Jeffrey Gittimer, our podcast. And we get the word out through that. And I get the word out through my website. But I just felt like having a book and being able to give people something that they can keep and read and reread and then go implement would allow me to impact more people than I've impact than I've been able to impact in the last four years. And so it's 212 pages of real world strategies that will help you make more sales, build loyal relationships and make more money because everyone wants to make more money. And well, so, they say they do, but whether, <laughs> whether or not they're willing to do the work is a separate conversation. That's true. That's true. But you mentioned the art and the pages and they don't look alike. And every page in the book was intentional. And so I chose this theme of 212 because, number one, it's the area code of New York City, and it was a fun challenge. Number two, it's the boiling point of water. And so, in theory, it's the boiling point of your sales and how you can heat up your sales faster by applying these strategies. And each page in here is meant to give you a lesson that you can use and read. And the key part of that, which you just mentioned, is the implementation of it. Right. You implement it, you're going to win. And the book is called The New York Minute. And uh, the 212 features prominently throughout the book. So I want to ask you some questions. I've got five questions here that I want to talk about that I took from your book. So these are all things that I want to talk about. All right. Why do I have to find and develop my own leads? Why am I allowed to just simply wait for marketing to give me ready to buy marketing qualifieds? Every salesperson <laughs> wonders the same thing. Well, not, you know, a lot of the time. And why you got into sales to make a difference. You got into sales to help people. You got into sales to 
to make more money, to help your family, whatever it may be. Why are you relying on others? And not you, Anthony, but some of your listeners. Why are they relying on others to give them leads? That's crazy. That's like saying, give me the sale. No, I'm going to work hard for the sale. And it's the same thing with making your own leads. And the marketing department can give you leads, but you should consider that gravy. You should consider that like the icing on the cake, the extra thing, the added bonus that they're giving you. And that's great if they're giving you great leads. But your job is to make sales. In my opinion, you need to go out and make your own leads. It begins with talking to people. Just talk to everybody you meet. And I know you just interviewed Jeffrey. I don't know if this came up, but he's really good at that in like a sometimes embarrassing way. <laughs> like we'll be in an elevator in New York City where no one talks to anybody and he starts talking to people. And what I've realized from that is that the more people you talk to, the more ability you're going to have to build greater relationships and make more sales. They're just people. We're all human, even exactly. in New York. Exactly. <laughs> Even though sometimes it doesn't feel that way in New York. I think you're right. And I asked you this question because I think it's a really it's an important point right now when people have, you know, white papers and all these uh, ethical bribes on whites that they're waiting for this perfect lead to show up and they sort of mm -hmm. suffer from what's called the resize. Like a new lead is better than an old lead. And it's like, no, they're the same and target the people that you want and pursue them, not to sit passively and wait for something better than this lead that you've got. Yeah. And there's so many ways to do it, right? Like you can call your current customers and take them to lunch and start talking and, and get into a friendly conversation with them. And that can help generate other leads. You can build an online attraction portal. So you can build a website, like a one-page website that just says who you are and how you help people and why you do what you do. And then you can give tips and strategies and create inbound leads from that. There's so many things in, that you can do to create your own leads that it baffles my mind when I go to a sales training and the salespeople come to me and they're like, Jen, we get terrible leads. Seriously, that's an excuse. Go make your own lead. We're going to get uses because that's on my list because <laughs> you've got a, a section on that. Probably where I'm not very good personally and wasn't as a salesperson because I was just pure prospecting. I mean, that, that's I'm, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to walk indoors. That's what I did. What do I need to do to be a good networker? So when you show up to the network meeting, first of all, you should know who's going to be in the room pre-target the people that you want to meet. That's key. A lot of people just show up to tons of networking meetings. I was talking to someone the other day and she's like, yeah, when I moved to Charlotte, I just started going to every networking meeting on the planet. And then what happens is you get like a stack of business cards and then that stack becomes a drawer and all these hundreds of business cards are in a drawer. And so you've met tons of people, but that doesn't mean you've actually built relationships with these people. And so my strategy for this is figure out in advance who you want to meet, attend the groups, be very specific and targeted for the groups that you choose to attend. And then once you get there, your goal is not just to meet those people, but it's to be a value provider and get the meeting. Meaning a quick like conversation here and there in a networking meeting is really nothing. Your job and your goal should be to get them to go to coffee or to go to a breakfast meeting with you to sit down and learn more. And the way to do that is to know a little bit in advance about who you're trying to meet and figure out a way to give them value. So for me, I can talk to people about how they're creating leads in their business or what they're doing and, and give them some ideas on the spot. 
for whatever business you're in, you need to be able to do the same thing so that you can become some sort of trusted advisor that they want to sit down with and learn more from. Because the ultimate goal of networking is to then get referrals from those connections. So the networking event is a place where you can schedule the lunch or the coffee so that you can have a better conversation. I'm not sure people do that. No, I think a lot of people go there thinking, I need to meet a hundred people in quantity. Like it's all about how many people I'm going to meet. And really it's all about how many people you meet with after the networking meeting and how many people you develop real relationships with after the networking meeting. I did a lot of networking in New York City and I made not only great business connections, but lifelong friends from it. So it can impact your life in ways like I wasn't looking for more friends, not to like sound rude or anything, but like I wasn't. And I met smart people. I met like-minded people and some became part of a mastermind. Some became lifelong friends. And so we don't really know what the other benefits are that you're going to get from networking, but your goal should be start making real relationships with people that can help you further your business and that you can help further their business. Let's talk about excuses. The market sucks. Nobody wants to buy what we sell. Everyone's on vacation. It's August. Our competitor has uh, irrational pricing and uh, they go out and undercut the market. A lot of excuses. You've got a section on excuses there. So I want you to just talk about why your excuses are BS and you really need to get past all that. So we're a society that loves coming up with excuses and blaming other people and other circumstances for what's going on. And part of selling successfully is your attitude and your mindset. And I have a whole section on that in the book. And part of that is saying to yourself, I'm going to have a no excuse policy. That's it. Like something may not go my way, but I have to take responsibility. And that's the key here is taking responsibility. You know, I I was going into a meeting and I couldn't find the address because the guy organizing the meeting happened to give me the wrong address and the number they gave me didn't even exist. It wasn't a building. And I could have made every excuse for why that presentation I was about to give was going to be terrible because, first of all, I wasn't even going to get there. I could have gotten up to the meeting and blamed them and made all these excuses like, look at the number on my phone. You gave me this number. They didn't really care about my reason. They didn't really care about what was going on with me. And the second I realized that and the second I decided I'm going to take responsibility, I got here really early. Now I'm only about five minutes early. Now I'm just on time which I didn't, you know, I like to be early. I'm going to take responsibility and change my mindset, change my outcome. And so on my 10 second ride up in the elevator, I listened to some pumped up music. I changed my attitude and I walked in there and I crushed it. I would not have been able to do that if I didn't take the first step of taking responsibility. And so every salesperson out there needs to make a list of the most common excuses you're saying to both yourself and your boss. No one's buying right now. The price is too high. The product sucks. Everyone's on vacation, whatever it may be. And then figure out a way that you're going to overcome those excuses by taking responsibility. Was the song Beyonce? Was it a song that you listened to? (laughs) Put a ring on it or whatever. That's (laughs) (laughs) something like that. (laughs) I forget what song it was, but I have a pretty good Spotify playlist. It's funny to me that the excuses that poor performers make are immediately nullified when you just look and say, well, 
the top 20% of the same Salesforce, same terrible product that you have and the same competitors in the same market and the same target client. It has to be something else because they figured out how to do it. That's the thing. Like they'll then find another excuse. Well, their market's different than mine. They're in a big city and I'm in a small city or they have way more prospects or they have better leads. They'll come up with anything. And the minute you stop doing that is the minute you win. I mean, I can tell you I've seen two people in the exact same sales position in the exact same territory with totally different attitudes, totally different mindsets. One was an excuse-making guy where they're not giving me the right tools. There's not enough structure. I don't know who to call. Where do I even begin? And the other guy shows up and he's like, I'm going to crush this. Okay, here's the structure I think I need. Here's the tools I think I need. I'm just going to go buy this subscription to this because this is going to help me generate more leads. And everything that came his way, he was like, I'm going to overcome it. There's no excuse. Literally, it's a no excuse policy. And who do you think's winning? There's this old story about a company that sends a salesperson to sub-Saharan Africa. And the salesperson sends a note back saying, this is a terrible market. No one wears shoes. <laughs> and then they send another salesperson that says, this is the greatest market on earth. No one has shoes. You know? And it's the same market. Exactly. And, I love and that. You look at it and you're like, that's the difference. It's not the land. It's the person and their interpretation. Yeah. Okay, I want a couple more that I still want to get through with you. How do you become the CEO of your territory in your life? So this is all about being a leader, and this is all about owning it. And so it goes back to creating your own leads. It goes back to no excuses. So if you're going to become the CEO of your own territory, then you need to figure out, if I was the CEO, what would I do? And the CEO of your company is likely not thinking about whether they need to make an excuse for something or not, or whether they need to generate their own leads or not. They're just doing it. They're just taking action and they're implementing daily. And so it begins with you. It begins with how are you taking care of yourself? What's your morning routine? What's your daily routine? How prepared are you? And then how are you following up and following through after the sale or together? Oh, you went right into my next question. So <laughs> hang on, hold that one. Okay, sure. <laughs> but when I was managing a sales team, one of the things I told each of my sales reps is, you're the CEO of your territory. You're going to have to make decisions on a daily basis that you don't need to come to me for. Just act as if you're the CEO. And if it's a smart business decision, take it. If it's a bad business decision, don't take it, but you're in charge of your territory. That empowers someone, by the way, to really take action and to own it. Sometimes they can feel like, oh, I'm just a sales rep. No, you're the CEO of your territory. You own that territory. Now act like it. I love the metaphor. I mean, when you're the CEO, you're responsible, you're the executive, so figure it out. Mm Mm-hmm. The final question I have here for you is I do want to talk about between follow through and follow up. I think you make a good distinction here that's worth people's attention. Sure. There's a difference. How many times have you been looking at a product or service and someone trying to sell to you and then you're undecided and they call a few days later and they're like, hey, Anthony, I'm just calling to follow up. That's annoying, right? Like... (laughs) It's really annoying. What they're saying is, I want to know if I got the sale. 
the way I think about it is it's not just about follow-up. Yes, you have to have consistent follow-up. Yes, you have to have a time and place. And what I teach is that it needs to be predetermined. So don't get off that last call or that last meeting without having the next follow-up scheduled. That's number one. It seems so easy, but for some reason, a high percentage of people don't do it. So make sure you have that next meeting scheduled. And then follow up with something of value. So I saw this article and it made me think about exactly what we were talking about because you care about creating more profit in your business. And this is one of the strategies that I think you should look at. Okay, well, now you're not just following up with me. You're proving that you're a person of value. And so one of the things I see with follow-up is that people give up too early. And the other thing I see is that people just don't follow through all the way and they don't provide value and they don't think of it like that because they feel like they're being annoying because they are being annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Normally it sounds like this. I'm just checking in. Yeah. I'm just checking in. No, you're not. You're just checking to see if you got the sale. Exactly. Exactly. And they'd be much better with an agenda. When does the book go on sale? So the book is on sale right now on pre-sale on Amazon and it will ship on January 1st. So it's a great new year's kick your butt kind of book. Nice. Yeah. It's red. It's got a lot of color. It's got a lot of personality. It was fun writing it. And I tell a lot of personal stories throughout. You know, we were talking about being the CEO of your territory. And I think one of the stories I tell in the book is about one of my top performers. Her name was Lucy. And she owned her territory in such an amazing way. She came to me one day and she said, hey, Jen, I just wanted to let you know that I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh my God, congratulations, that's awesome. And then the next thing I'm thinking about is like, "Uh uh-oh, she's my top performer (laughs) and she's going on maternity leave. She goes, don't worry. And I didn't say anything. Before I could even say anything, she said, but don't worry, I am going to hit my quota early. I'm like, huh? She's like, I have a whole plan to hit my quota early. Let me show it to you. And she pulls up this whole plan about how she's going to do X number of extra calls a day, X number of extra emails a week, extra visits a week, just so that she can hit her number early. And she did. Because so she, she hit owned her it. number in like way less time than anyone else because she was determined to do so and she owned it. Pretty cool. And she had a plan. Mm-hmm. Everything that uh, you've said here is in the book. Yes. Everything. So, I mean, even the stuff that weren't about what we talked about, I promise is in the book. You'll find it in there because I read the book. So even like distance thing and giving up too early, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great mindset book. Where do we send people more about you? Uh, just go to salesinanewyorkminute.com. You can learn more about me. Get on my Instagram. I'm all about the Instagram stories these days. And yeah. the Seller Die podcast. And the Seller Die podcast, of course. Yes. All right, I'll come down and see you hopefully as a guest sometime soon. Please do. We would love that. All right, thanks, Jen. Thank you. Isn't she wonderful? That is Jen. You can find her at Sales in a New York Minute. You can also find her as the co-host of Jeffrey Gittimer's Sell or Die podcast. Go find her now at Sales in a New York Minute and pick up her book at Amazon.com. My name is Anthony Anarino, and you can find me at thesalesblog.com. You can also find me at anarino.com. Both of those addresses will take you to the same place where you will be accosted by a pop-up banner 
asking you to sign up for my Sunday newsletter, the best work I produce every week, bar none. It shows up in your inbox on Sunday morning with a big idea that's practical and tactical and actionable so you can hit the ground running on Monday morning. You can also find me at youtube.com forward slash Anarino, where you can see my everyday program where you'll find content just like the blog, something that you can think about, something you can put to work right away. If you find this podcast valuable, please subscribe. That helps me tremendously and share it with your peers and your friends and other people that work in sales or management or leadership or who are success minded. Also, it would help me tremendously to spread the word if you would leave me a review. If you like this, give me your notes. Love to see those. We read every single one of them. If you're interested in more more content, you can go to amazon.com and search my last name, Anarino. You'll find three books, The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need, a sort of unfortunate title for a first book, followed by The Lost Art of Closing, Winning the Ten Commitments That Drive Sales. And on October 16th this year, we will release the third book called Eat Their Lunch, Winning Customers Away from Your Competitors. That will be the third book in as many years. Thanks for joining me here. And until next time, I'll see you in the arena. What follows here is a true story. A few years ago, I was sitting in a sales conference waiting for my turn to speak. And as I was catching up on things, I noticed an advertisement on Facebook for HubSpot's inbound conference. And at the time, I was immediately struck by the idea that while inbound is important, outbound is even more important. It's the difference between passively waiting and actively pursuing your goals and your dreams and the clients that you need to acquire. I walked out into the hall and I called my friend Jeb Blunt and I said, I have this idea. We're going to put on a conference called Outbound. And he said, that's the best idea you ever had. And I argued that it probably isn't the best idea I ever had, but it was a good idea. So we got Mike Weinberg and Mark Hunter on a phone call. Then the four of us committed to establishing our own conference, naturally naming it Outbound. In 2017, With about 12 weeks to plan and pull off the event, we had 400 people show up to the first event in Atlanta. Last year in 2018, we had a little longer period of time to set up for the event. We had 600 people show up, a growth of 50%. So why are people showing up in Atlanta to Outbound? Because they want to know how to prospect more effectively. Because they need to know how to build a pipeline now and because they want to be more productive with the time and the energy they have to go out and win new clients and grow their sales and make more money and take care of their people. So I'm inviting you to join me and Jeb Blunt and Mark Hunter and Mike Weinberg at the World Congress Center's Georgia Ballroom in Atlanta, Georgia on April 23rd to April 26th. This will be the very best sales conference you've ever attended, and you're going to get the practical, tactical development you need to be able to prospect more effectively, build your pipeline, and be more productive. You're also going to believe that you're at a rock concert, and you're going to have the very best time you've ever had, and this is truly an event like no other. Tickets are on pre-sale now, so I want you to go to outbound.ticketspice.com forward slash outbound hyphen 2019 to get tickets for you and your team. There are pre-sale tickets. They're super cheap for two days. You have to go get them right now while they're still up. That's outbound.ticketspice.com forward slash outbound hyphen 2019. That's where you go to get tickets. And listen, do this right now because when April comes around, you don't want to see all of your friends at Outbound posting everything that they're learning and the great time that they're having on social media while you're sitting at home. Go do this right now and I'll see you in Atlanta in April 2019. This episode of In the Arena is sponsored by me, Anthony Anarino, and the Outcomes Planner. 
I want to take a minute and share some information about my new planner with you. We call it B2B Sales Toolkit, and you can find it at B2BSalesToolkit.com. This is a planner that I designed for salespeople, and it's based on my own personal productivity strategies. If you ever wonder how I get so much done, you're going to find the answer at B2BSalesToolkit.com. The planner is made up of three parts. So the main planner is a hardcover book, and it's a place for you to capture your goals, your disciplines, your appointments, and your sales statistics, and a bunch of other features. We call that big planner outcomes, because that's what productivity is. It's generating outcomes. And a lot of you listening to this may feel overwhelmed because you're busy, which is not the same thing as being productive. In fact, these two ideas are polar opposites. The second book you're going to find in the toolkit is called Outbound, and it's a place where you design and keep your pursuit plans for your dream clients. Those clients that are strategic enough, they're custom made for your value prop, and you're going to have to pursue them over a some long period of time to be able to pull them away from your competitor. This is the only planner you're going to find that addresses winning your dream clients and making your number. There's nothing else on the market. We looked at every single thing. It's not designed for salespeople, but this is. The last piece is a tear sheet tablet that we call 90-Minute Blocks. And this piece is designed for you to sit down and very thoughtfully and intentionally decide what you're going to do with three 90-minute blocks each day for your most important outcomes and to plan that work. So this means what we're going to help you do is give yourself four and a half hours in proactive mode and three and a half hours in reactive responsive mode where you can still deal with the demands of your company, the demands of your clients, and all the other things that are going to interrupt you while you're trying to do your work. So go to B2B Sales Toolkit right now to check it out and subscribe to the program. When you sign up, you're going to get access to a 16-video course where I walk you through the planner and how to use it to create the greatest success for you and for your people. And then you're going to get an invitation to join us in a private Facebook group so you can share your success and so we can come on and give you live coaching. Go check out the planner at B2BSalesToolkit.com. Increase your productivity and I'll see you inside once you're in the Facebook group. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.